This is All the Right Marketing, a publishing podcast by Cardinal Rule Press. Now, here's your host, Maria Desmondi. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products. Our guests share tips that can help bibliography. Oh my gosh, Maria. I'm having a hard morning. Here we go. Let me try again. Okay. Welcome to All the Right Marketing, where we talk with business owners and industry leaders about marketing their programs and products. Our guests share tips that can help anyone who loves books, whether you are a librarian, bookseller, author, or publisher. The truth of the matter is, here is this advice. This advice coming out of these conversations are for all creative marketing across industries. Today, we have Lisa Woodroff, who is the founder and CEO of Organize 365, which helps busy women finally get their home and paper organized in one year with a functional organizing system that works. Her passion is to help women, and I bet probably help men too, get organized so they can spend their time pursuing their unique purpose and sharing their gifts with the world. You know, we actually um, have known each other for quite a long time. Lisa and I were introduced by a mutual colleague, and she interviewed me on her podcast, which has some phenomenal interviews. So I'm going to make sure that we link you over there. So we're going to talk with Lisa today um, about getting your home organized, giving you a foundation to manage crises when they come up, to be able to pivot when you need to, which I think we have all been experiencing. So let's welcome Lisa. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Let's begin with your journey. And we kind of talked about it a little bit before we started recording. In 2008, you had something going on. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, it was like the next Great Depression for everyone, right? So it probably started for me in 2007. The company I was with, with direct sales, they'd gone through a couple of bankruptcies. So we were already feeling the financial pinch. Then you went through the regular 2008 stock market crash, all of the things that went along with that. 2009, my father got sick. My parents had gotten divorced in 2005. He got sick. So my sister and I were power of healthcare, passed away in 2009. So we were settling the estate in 2010, went back to teaching in 2010 quit my job December of 2011 because I was failing literally at everything, Maria. I was, my marriage, luckily, praise the Lord, was still intact only because my husband is a saint. I was not <laughs> the mom I wanted to be. My house was a wreck. And my administrator told me I wasn't a very good teacher and I was about to turn 40. And like in my twenties, I would have doubled down on whatever my administrator wanted. But by 39, I knew that she was wrong. And I was right. like, I wasn't a bad teacher, yeah. but if she didn't value me as a teacher in her school, then why was I still there? Like when I clearly, no one could be a mom, but somebody else could step in and become the teacher in that classroom. And so I decided to go home and reclaim my house and my marriage and my kids. And I would figure out the income from there. Well, and I think just your experience from 2008 up to 2011, you had so much going on that I can see how things could you could lose your sense of, you know, organization in the home and your, you know, sense of CEO of the home. So at that point, um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about how your business was born and how it is here to help people. Yes. So I came home 2012 after, you know, I did a couple more weeks of teaching and I went to the grocery store because that's what you do when you want to get 
control of your life. Like you go shopping. So I went to the grocery store, like filled the cart full of food. We did not have enough money for this. Like I'm sweating as we run the credit card through It's like $300 worth of food. I come home. I don't even know why I went to the grocery store first. I come home to put the food away. I open the refrigerator and freezer. There's no room for this food. So I'm like, all right, well, let me put in the pantry what I can put in the pantry. I open our cabinets that are pantry, no room for this food. The counters are clear. And now I've just got bags of food sitting on the floor. I sit down at the kitchen table. And I was like, in the past, in order to get caught up on things, I would just go to the store, restock the house and restart my life. And I was like, Lisa, you are in a totally like your kids are middle school age. Now you have no income. Now you have too much food. You can't put it all away. And I started opening all the cabinets in my kitchen. And I didn't recognize my own stuff. Like I still had baby cups in there and my kids were in middle school. And I was like, when did I lose control and how in the world am I ever going to get it back? So I had had a blog before I was in a blogger forum. I'd published a book before, and I knew that SEO and Google was like the wave of the future. So I thought, well, I'll start blogging about how I'm going to take back my life and get organized. Like, I don't even know how I'm going to get organized, but I know it'll be organizing related. I'll name it organized 365 and I'll figure out from there how we're going to monetize it in the future. But I've got to get this house under control. I love it. So it really was a journey. You're building the business was a journey of your, your own doing of you going through the process. And I liked when you described it uh, that you were living a reactive life versus a proactive life. Um, I think a lot of people can resonate with that, especially, you know, the people listening to this who are business owners and trying to um, get you know, trying to really pivot in what we're dealing with right now. We have a lot of booksellers that are listening who are trying to get um, mm -hmm. patrons into the store. We have librarians who their libraries aren't even open yet. So instead of, you know, living in this reactive lifestyle, you really focused on let's be proactive so that you can mm -hmm. um, learn organization and you can really be in control in an area of your life, correct? Yes, I think that, for everyone, life gets moving too fast and you get run over. You know how they say like, we're like the hamster on the wheel. It's so true. And then they keep spinning the wheel faster and faster. If you spin it fast enough, the hamster just starts tumbling in the wheel until it starts running again. And so like the washing like, machine when it yeah, gets it's just like, and, and no one stops. Like when your parents get divorced, when your kids come down with an illness, when you lose your job, when the economy gets like, the world didn't stop for you to get caught up again. Like it just keeps going. And so you just keep running faster. And once you get run over, you move into this reactive mode and it, to turn it back into productivity, it is a huge mental mindset shift and a, a total reordering of your complete structure. Like you have to carve out the time in order to turn the ship 180 degrees. And everyone's gonna say, oh, you don't have time for that. It's gonna cost too much money. You need to just keep going on the hamster wheel. Like you don't get support when you turn the ship, but then when you start to have proactive success, then people are like, oh, that's great. How did you do that? And I was like, oh, I did it when all you people said that I shouldn't do it. <laughs> exactly. And I like it because you really took you take everybody through the steps. So if they are on that hamster wheel, you're like, here's the first step to getting off and to reclaiming yeah. this life. And I love that you say organization is a learnable skill because there are people who will claim, oh, well, I'm just not that organized. I'm not that type of person. Well, I don't know. Is that an excuse that people are telling themselves? If it's a learnable skill, it might be. 
No, I, I was that person. Like when I started Organize 365, I thought, well, I have to get my life organized again because I was that born organized child. And I was that mom that got overwhelmed with two kids born 18 months apart, but then I got reorganized again. And I was like, I just need to get reorganized again. And since I'm blessed enough to be an organized person, I'll be able to figure it out. But I'm really sorry for those of you that never figured it out as a child. I guess you're just not organized. That's the message we heard from professional organizers in the 80s and 90s, that there were these two people. There was the born organized person and the not born organized person. And the not born organized person needed a professional organizer to step in and set up the systems and come back in and maintain them. So it's not you. That was the message that you received. But what I found in getting my own life in order, I started my own professional organization business and my clients learned how to get organized. So it was 18 months in that I realized, oh my gosh, we're wrong. It's learnable. And that's the message I've been getting out there is like, no, no, no. It's a skill like riding your bike, tying your shoes. It's a little bit more complicated, but every, everyone can learn it. Mm -hmm. And so the first myth you have to get rid of is the fact that you're either born organized or not. No, you've either already learned the skill or haven't learned the skill, but no matter what, you're going to keep going through phases of life, your childhood, your twenties and thirties, your forties and fifties, your sixties and beyond every 20 years, you need different organization. So even if you were organized, you're going to get unorganized and you need to relearn the skill of organization for the next phase of life. And that's what I teach. I love that. And you know, as we're talking about marketing in this series, like creative marketing, one of the things I Mm -hmm. love about what you're doing is you are speaking to a pain point for other individuals. And I think that's a big part of marketing success is you're saying, okay, who is my target audience? What is their pain point? And how can I help solve that pain point for them? And that's exactly what you're doing here. Um, So when we talk about this, uh, I actually just reviewed your new book that came out last year. um, And I loved the book because it's talking about paper versus the digital society. So as we kind of transition, you know, I, I'm telling everyone about your business. We'll link to um, in the show notes where they can find out more if they want to get details. Um, you're talking to people's pain point, but let's kind of transition into this whole concept of paper versus digital and why you have strong views on paper. And you can kind of talk a little bit about your book as well. Yes. So I've self-published a couple of books. Last year, I traditionally published with Putnam Random House, the book, The Paper Solution. And thank you, Maria, for reviewing the book. And then I'll be self-publishing again this summer. So I've, I've done both. But The Paper Solution, like if you're finding out the thing that is uniquely you, that you're going to market and develop and grow your business and your brand around, you're usually so close to it, you don't notice it at first. So it takes a long time for you to notice it. And if you Think about why people refer you or the comments that they make about you. That's usually what your unique gifting is that you don't realize. And so the thing that saves me is my Sunday basket. I created it 19 years ago when I went through the first unorganized phase in my life when I had two kids. And then the second time I went through this unorganized phase, it wasn't until I started doing my own Sunday basket again for a while that I realized it was a thing. And the second myth that I heard in the 80s and 90s that I have to debunk for people is this fact that we are going to be or we are a paperless society. And the United States, we are not. Like, I don't care how many, Go try to get your compliant driver's license so that you can get on an airplane in October and you will find out real quick, we are not paperless. You need to find your social security card. Do you even know where it is or your birth certificate 
or your passport. Like these are all physical papers in the United States that you must have. You don't have to have these papers in other countries. Japan is paperless. They don't have physical birth certificates. So if you are looking at Marie Kondo, who says be paperless, you have to realize in Japan, they are paperless. In the United States, we're not. Like your medical records. Everyone needs to take a pause right here and take that in. That's huge. And I will tell you that the, um, the paper solution is on my husband's nightstand because he is a paper person. And um, I just need him to realize there are certain papers you save and certain papers you don't. So I highlighted a ton in your book and I'm excited for him to pick it up and read it. Yes, you don't need all paper. Like you need about 20% of what you've saved. 85% of your filing cabinet, you will never reference again. But the 15% you need, you need. Like you need medical paperwork. Your medical paperwork is digitized seven years back, but not all of it is digitized and it's not digitized after seven years back. Not only that, when you go into a hospital, when you go to a new doctor's appointment, if you're going to a different network or even inside of the same network, it is so much easier to have a conversation when you're handing a physical binder over or a physical summary that you've typed up for the doctor. Doctors love paper. They are digital. They prefer you come in with a synopsis already typed up. Everyone in the medical community that sees the organized 365 binder says that everyone should have these. It will speed up care. It will save you money. It will save time. You'll get a more accurate diagnosis and better treatment. And when we're talking about entrepreneurs, um, wherever they are listening and they're thinking, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know if this is for me. I'm really, I don't need to be organized in the sense of paper. I will tell you that um, we lost a family member recently Mm -hmm. and who owned a business. And um, it's really difficult on the survivors in the family if you are not organized at all with your papers. Um, So there is a simple solution to what you can do right now so that you can feel organized. You can help your family members, you know, God forbid something happens. But at the same time, the point of what Lisa's talking about is you free up so much mental space when you have your stuff organized. You free up that space for your creativity. Entrepreneurs, people who are trying to market to get messages into the world with whatever product or service that they're offering, you free up space to be able to do those things for your business because you're not being held down by, you know, the disorganization, the disarray in your life. Yes. And the ability to get your ideas out of your head and onto paper facilitates more creativity. Like whenever I'm writing a book, I always write down on index cards, all the different ideas I have. And then I group those index cards by chapter, or I'll make the outline and that physical writing down, you can do it on the computer as well, but being able to do it, like sitting in the sun on the floor with index cards, it's just a different energy than sitting at your desk in front of a computer. It allows you to kind of see and manipulate things differently than you can in a digital format. And when you are writing, when you are running a business, when you are running a household, when you are taking so much of the information that you think is either digital or paper is actually in your head. Mm. And so when you're recreating your medical binder, so much of the information in the packet that we give you with our binder, you have to pull out of your head. It's not digital or in paper. Same in your business. There's a lot you're holding on in your head that if you are to hire your first executive assistant or staff member or partner with someone, there's so much that needs to be pulled out of your head that isn't digital or paper. And being able to write that down and write down all of your ideas and capture your ideas in a way that you don't forget them so you can go back and review them on a regular basis is very powerful. 
Yeah, I have a great example. Um, I sat down probably about two years ago and started really pulling out those SOPs, those standard oper operating procedures from our business in putting them on paper and then having a team member help me put them into a systems program on the computer because every time we would repeat a task so you know i run a publishing company and we have certain number of books that come out every year the process of getting that book from idea to market was something that i repeated several times a year and i was pulling yeah. those tasks out of my head so once they were on the computer and they were on paper i freed up all that space so there's a yeah. lot of ways that you can systemize and take things out of your brain, put it on paper, put it digitally to free up that space. So Lisa, tell me a little bit more about how people can find you, find out more about the Sunday basket, find out more about your process and the different seasons in your life. Like you said, organization is gonna look different from your thirties to your forties to your fifties. So where can we learn yeah. more? Well, you're listening to Maria's podcast. So if you like podcasts, I'm a prolific podcaster. <laughs> My podcast is called Organize 365. I love to talk about big ideas uh, from all different genres and, and walks of life, and then extrapolate those into how they impact us, especially as female head of household. Um, so the podcast is the best way. If you want to see the behind the scenes of my life, I'm active on Instagram, especially Instagram stories every day. And then I'm organized 365 on all your social media, the web everywhere. And what is, you talked about another book coming out. Do we get to know yeah. a little bit about what this next book is going to be about? Yes. So I don't really have a title. I think it's going to be a year to get organized, but I'll ask my audience what they want the title to be. And it's actually the memoir of that year of 2012 from coming home and realizing that I was in complete disarray to starting my business, reclaiming my home that 365 days, mostly my thought process as I went through different areas of my house, not actually how to do it, but more the physical and emotional process of doing it, which I don't think anyone's ever put into a book before. That's amazing. And are you pulling a lot of that from your blog? Probably the content you've already put into the world and you're like pulling those ideas from the blog? Actually, no, like it's, it's a hundred percent new. Like it's just oh, me sitting awesome. down and reflecting, you know, like when you're sitting in your bedroom on the floor, going through your dresser, which I ended up totally getting rid of. And like, I'm looking at pantyhose and I had like all the different pantyhose and all the different sizes. And, and I put them back in the little Vera built Bradley quilted thing. And I put them back in the drawer. And as I'm getting ready to put them back, I go, wait a minute, do these even fit? <laughs> and so I go to try them on and they didn't fit. Like they were size AB. I'm like not size the AB. I, I don't even think I'm a size of pantyhose anymore. Furthermore, when was the last time you wore pantyhose? I haven't worn <laughs> them in over a decade. So why? So, I mean, this is what the book is like, why am I, why am I saving stuff yeah. that doesn't even fit? And I'm never going to wear again, but, but it's all of our realities. Like it's hard to, as you are organizing, really be objective and think I'm never going to wear pantyhose again. I can't wait to read it. I can't wait to read it. And I'm going to really be excited about the pantyhose part because I heard it firsthand. So ladies and gentlemen, you know where to find Lisa for more information. We look forward to our next interview. Um, this in, That will air every Tuesday. So these are released every Tuesday. Until then, think outside the box and don't be afraid to reach your audience in new and creative ways. Don't don't forget to think about who they are, what they need, and go from there. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. Cardinal Rule Press offers a variety of support to authors, booksellers, librarians, and families. Find out more at cardinalrulepress.com.